And then Chris Rock points to Jada Pinkett Smith, Will Smith's wife, and says, Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. The audience laughs. The camera turns to Will Smith and his wife. He's laughing. She's rolling her eyes. It takes 12 more seconds before Will Smith shows up on the stage and slaps Chris Rock in the face. This podcast episode is not about whether Rock had crossed the line with his comment, insensitive to Jada's medical condition that led to her bold hair, and it's not about whether Will Smith should have addressed that differently. It's about the 12 seconds between the moment Smith was laughing and the moment he was, he was slapping Chris Rock. It's about when funny becomes not funny anymore, and obviously, how does trust play into it? Right after this. Welcome to The Trust Show. I'm Yoram Solomon, your host, the author of The Book of Trust and facilitator of The Trust Habits Workshop. My mission is simple. I want to help you form habits that build your trustworthiness because the answer to this question will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? Believe it or not, but I planned this episode before the Oscars incident, which was really a year ago, and, and we're about to have the next Oscars. And, and I saw on TV this morning that the question, the big question about the Oscars is, who's going to slap whom? But I'm serious. This is not what I'm going to talk about. I'm, I'm not going to talk about this incident. Um, I'll, I'll mention something at the end when I close, but it helps me make a point. But before I make this point, uh, I wanted to share something with you. And this is thanks to you. Thanks to the listeners, you, the listeners. Uh, Listen Notes. Listen Notes is a company that ranks uh, podcasts. And, um, you know, as it turns out, I believe the statistic is that 50% of podcasts uh, never go beyond the second episode. Uh, this actually ends up being, uh, this episode is the 89th episode. We're, we're getting close to closing on 100 episodes. And um, with the listen score that Listen Notes gives of 30, they just ranked last week, they ranked this podcast at the top 5% of all podcasts worldwide. And that's all because of you. That's That's because you're listening. Uh, so I'm glad to know that that it's making an impact and that it, it's important to you. Back to the program. As you know, about a week before I uh, release or I record a podcast episode, I put a LinkedIn poll and, and I asked a question that, that would be relevant here. And this week, the question was this. The line between personal and professional sometimes gets blurred at work. When is it okay for someone you work with to ask you a personal question such as, how old are you? Here are the answers. 10 out of, uh, let's see, how many people? 42 people responded. 10 out of 42 
or 24%, said always. It's always okay for you to ask me a personal question, such as how old are you? I mean, obviously, there, there could be questions that are more personal or questions that are less personal. Seven or 17% said never. 2% said other, but didn't specify what, what's other. You want to know where everybody is? If, well, more than 50%. 24 out of 42, or 57% said, it depends who is asking. Now, why would some people say never? Well, because maybe they focused on the specific questions that I asked, how old are you, uh, or, or similar questions. Maybe they consider it to be inappropriate. You know, a question like this is always inappropriate, maybe. I mean, th th this is a personal thing. Maybe it's too invasive, uh, maybe there is a uh, potential for discrimination. You know, uh, I don't want to ask how old are you. I'll, I'll tell you something funny. Um, I, I worked in Israel and, and I worked in the U.S. And when I worked in Israel, I once... Um, actually, there was something funny that back in 2002, I was going to go back to Israel to work there, and I actually started working there. And after having worked in the U.S. for, for a long period of time, um, I, I knew what you put in a resume, what you don't put in a resume, what you put in an interview and whatnot. And age, for example, is something you don't put here at the U.S. Age is something that you don't put on your resume. Uh, because... And really, the main reason is because the potential future employer does not want to get hit with a lawsuit based on age discrimination. I wrote the age, and I'm going to now claim that the reason you're not hiring me is because I'm too old. Never heard of anybody not being or thinking they're not hired because they're too young. So it's because I'm too old. And then in 2002, I was considering going back to Israel and I interviewed with a few companies and I put my resume and I remember one of the first reactions I got was you didn't put your age there. And, and I, it was just so weird for me because having worked in the US for quite a few years, I was used to you don't put your uh, age there. Anyway, I, I digress. So some people would think that that it's um, a potential for discrimination. That's why you wouldn't ask this question. Maybe something else you would. Uh, and, you know, I'm talking about a question, but but it's also a joke. Then there's something else that there is forced vulnerability, forced vulnerability. So some people just don't want to be asked a question because it forces them to be vulnerable uh, or say, I don't want to answer it, which, you know, is, is another type of vulnerability, um, which I don't, I, I don't want to be put in a position to say, I don't want to answer it. So I would rather you not ask it than me be in a position to say, uh, I don't want to answer. Uh, and, and by the way, that's, that's a personal thing. Uh, you know, I, I would probably fall into the category of always, you can always ask me, um, I remember once uh, I I was sitting waiting for someone uh, for for a lunch meeting, and the table next to us uh, were two people. One appeared to have been a hiring manager, and the other person uh, appeared to have been uh, a candidate for a job. 
Uh, the candidate was a female, and she appeared to be pregnant. The uh, male, the interviewer, uh, was a man. And, you know, I-, I could tell that he was trying to be very personable. I, I don't think that-, that he had any bad intentions or, or anything else. But-, but he asked her about the pregnancy, and she answered, but... I looked at her body language when she was answering, and she was uncomfortable. She was being vulnerable by answering those questions, but she was uh, she was forced to be vulnerable by that question. She wanted the job. She did not want to say, "I, I don't think that that I should answer this question." So th- this is why people would say it's never appropriate to ask this question or another question. And, and you know, we're talking about asking questions, but at the same time, it's making fun, m- making a joke. When is it appropriate to make a joke? Um, some people would say always, you know what, I, I don't have anything to hide. I'm, I'm not ashamed, but, but that's me. Um, and, and you know what? I, I shouldn't even make this generalization about myself because I'm sure that there are going to be things where I, I don't feel very comfortable discussing and, and maybe that I am ashamed. And you know what? I, I can even think about things right now. So I take it back. It's not always even for me. Oh, one of the answers that I got, I, I really loved. It's uh, someone who said uh, always, uh, by the way, uh, the one thing when, when you do a LinkedIn poll, it's really not anonymous. Um, and I can see who responded in the different uh, categories uh, or, or differently to the answers. I couldn't find anything that that categorized certain type of people to answer one way or another. I, everything was across the board. Um, so one of the answers to uh, always, someone who said always, gave also gave the answer, at my age, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know what? I should have checked what her age was if if it was disclosed there, uh, because I'm not sure if she, if uh, what she meant was I'm so young that you know whoever is going to ask me how old are you that doesn't offend me because I'm young, or someone who says I'm so old that I don't care anymore. Uh, but but you can see that it's a personal thing. But why would people say, and 57%, the majority, more than half, more than the other three answers combined, said, it depends on who. So when is it okay to ask this kind of a personal question? Uh, It depends on who. Uh, Because it is relative, and it's relative to me. So think about this. The same comment, you will accept if it comes from one person, but not for another, from another. I mean, maybe you know me personally, and and I can make this comment, but somebody else you don't know, somebody you're running into the first time, or even somebody you know for a long period of time, it just, this is not somebody that I'm going to accept the same comment as much as I would from somebody else. By the way, I can laugh at myself, it's something in front of others. So I can I can make a self-deprecating joke about myself, obviously. Um, but I'm not going to accept somebody else making that joke about me. By the way, it works the other way around. And, and hopefully you know this by now. And th- this is really what this episode is about. 
you will give the same comment to one person, but you would know better than to give it to another person. I'm going to give you a hint of where I'm going with this, because it really depends on how much I trust them. How much I trust them um, to take this joke, uh, and it depends on uh, whether they're sensitive to this specific item. You know, there are certain people that I know, oh, they're not sensitive to this thing, but they might be sensitive to something else, whereas another person would be sensitive to the first thing. So what does it depend on? And, And the first thing I'm going to start is it depends on why, on why the other person is saying that. Why would you be offended by one person and not the other because of why they're making that joke or making that comment or, or or asking that questions. What are their intentions? By the way, this is also a reason why I can make the same comment or, or self-deprecate or share a piece of information about myself more than I would take it from others because typically and this is why I can laugh at myself, and but but may not accept other people laughing at me for that specific reason. Because I know why I'm doing it. I don't have to challenge my own intentions. I know what my intentions are, but I am not sure what the other person's intentions are. I'm going to start bringing trust into this. Uh, We are 76%. This is something that I found in one of my surveys. We are 76% more receptive when trust is high. And the reason is because when trust is high, we trust why they're making this joke or they're, they're making this comment or asking this personal question. And because of that, we're more receptive. We trust them. And and by the way, it works the other way around. We are 106% more willing to give somebody feedback when uh, we trust you uh, that they will take it well. And you know something? I'm actually glad that uh, the correlation to giving feedback or making a comment or making a joke about somebody else is higher. The, the correlation to trust is higher than the correlation of being receptive because that means that we are more sensitive to the level of trust that already exists when we say something or ask something or make a joke about somebody else than than receiving it. And and once again, it it varies. Uh, We trust four types of, uh, I'll call it entities. We trust God. We trust ourselves. We trust other people that we know and we trust people that we don't know. So that's, uh, I put it under the category of we trust things. So when you trust an airplane, you really don't trust the airplane itself. You trust the people who built it, made it, designed it, maintained it, and fly it and land it. So uh, that changes. The level of trust, the the, uh, uh, the distribution of the 100% of trust that I have between those entities changes and, uh, you know, those that I trust more, I trust more. Those that I trust less, I trust less. Those that I trust more, I'm willing to take more things from them and give more things to them, more personal. Uh, I, I wouldn't say funnier, but but uh, jokes that are uh, kind of closer to the line 
and I'll talk about the line uh, soon. Um, but you know, if if I go back to to uh, the the components of uh, my, my relative trust model, first of all, you're already seeing that that it's all relative. Humor is part of personality compatibility. You know, uh, you you probably heard or said the phrase, we don't have the same sense of humor. You know, somebody else has a better sense of humor or you have a better sense of humor than somebody else. These are things that that you need to know uh, before you joke with someone, Um, especially if the joke is on them. I mean, much, much less if the joke is on you, if if it's a self-deprecating joke. Now, one more thing. And it goes back to the why. It also depends on the symmetry of that situation. So let's say that uh, you know I'm I'm with somebody else, and he's making a joke about being white, being an old white man. Okay. Now, I'm going to accept this differently when the other person, when he is an old white man just like me, because then I see this not only as a joke on me, but but a self-deprecating joke, then if the relationship is not symmetrical and, and the other person is not an old wild white male. You know, if it's a female making a joke about men, um, then, you know, I'm not sure I'm going to take that joke as well as uh, if she was a man. Well, if he was a man. Uh, you know, I, I, I hesitated whether I bring this up or not, but I heard that too many times, uh, especially from white people complaining that black people can use the N word on themselves, but they would not accept it from somebody else. That's exactly why. Because the situation is not symmetrical. Trust is asymmetrical. That's the fourth law of trust. So when a black person uses the N-word on another black person, the situation is symmetrical. It's as self-deprecating as it is, I'm making fun of you. And it's taken in a different way than if a white person uses the N-word on a black person. That situation is not symmetrical. That situation is very loaded and has a long history, and it's not going to be accepted the same way. So, you know, if you're white, before you complain about a black person, uh, why can they use the word N on themselves and not, uh, not accept it from me? This is why. It's asymmetrical. It's a symmetry issue. They can make that joke just like somebody can make a joke about one of my characteristics if they have the same one because it's a it's a lot easier to accept a self-deprecating joke that includes me than one that is only made at my expense the next component is place place matters you know vulnerability when you make a joke at me or you ask me a question, a personal question, like how old are you or, or any other question like that, uh, to answer or even just to stand there and laugh when you're making a joke at my expense requires vulnerability. 
And what I found was that vulnerability is 240% higher when you trust the other person that you're being vulnerable with. Um, but there is, there is a limit to that, and, and this is where place matters. See, if it's just you and me and nobody else around, and there is a certain level of trust that I already have in you, and you make a joke at my expense or you ask me a personal question that I will answer because nobody else is in the room and the, the only one thing that dictates my level of, <coughs> of vulnerability sorry, is uh, the trust that I have in you. But when the room is full of other people who I do not trust as much as I trust you, you, the person making the joke, you, the person asking the personal uh, question, my level of vulnerability overall goes down. I, I may trust you to be vulnerable with you and accept that joke or the answer that personal question with no problem if it's just you and me, but with the other people, I'm not willing to be vulnerable with them because I don't trust them as much as I trust you. And you know what? I would probably not trust you as much anymore. And I'll talk about that in the next segment because you made that joke, because you asked that personal question with other people in the room. And by the way, just, just to kind of uh, a little tangential to this is the level of trust that we have in teams. Uh, I, I discussed this and actually this was the first episode of the first season. The first episode of this uh, podcast was the level of uh, trust in the team and, and what is the right size for a team. And uh, the right size is really, um, well, there is an optimal size uh, for a team. Uh, part of it comes from uh, the research uh, that was done by the uh, British uh, anthropologists, uh, anthropologist uh, Robin Dunbar, who correlated the, uh, he correlated uh, relationships, but but I can correlate it to the level of trust, uh, to the volume of our brain, the size of our brain. So he did that across multiple species, including humans, and he, he decided that a certain level of uh, relationship or, or connectedness uh, and I would apply this to trust as well. That's part of it. Um, for humans, it's about 150 people at a certain level. But as the level goes up, the number of people goes down. Um, so again, the more people in the room, the level of trust, the level of connectedness I have to all of them declines. And because the level of trust declines, I'm not as vulnerable. I'm not willing to be as vulnerable as I am than if we have a very small team, a small group, or it's just you and me. Whatever I'm going to say now, I'm going to talk about being funny. I'm going to talk about humor. Uh, but, but you can imagine that, that it applies to being direct and, and being uh, very open with one another. But, but I'll start with humor. I remember a few years ago when I served on a school district board that, um, I came to a group of people and gave a presentation about school district debt. Uh, like how much the school district owes and uh, I'm not going to go into detail of school finance here. And Shira, my younger daughter, said, uh, I want to come and hear you speak. I, I never hear you speak uh, to, to audiences. And I thought to myself, I actually told her, Shira, of all the topics I talk about, 
you know, trust and, and innovation and strategy, whatever, of all the topics, the most boring topic is school finance. Of all the subtopics within school finance, finance, the most boring boring is school district debt. This is the uh, the presentation you want to hear me talk about. But she insisted, and uh, I took her, and uh, and I gave my talk. And on our way home, Shira was quiet, and then at some point she said, "Daddy, you were right." This is a very boring topic, but you're funny, which I took as, as a compliment. You know, whenever your daughter says you're funny, uh, take it. <laughs> but um, here's the thing. I, I, I did that on purpose. I, I wasn't being funny because I happened to be funny. I, I planted things there to make sure that it's funny. And you know why? Because the audience absorbed better. So uh, there was a study that uh, Jennifer Aker, who's a professor at uh, Stanford Graduate Business School, uh, did. And, and here's one of, of her conclusions. Actually, in an article uh, in uh, uh, Economic Times, what she, uh, the summary of that article was this. Uh, I'm, I'm going to read it verbatim. Shared laughter accelerates trust. Even reminiscing about moments of share laughter makes individual report being 23% more satisfied in their relationships. And I'm going to bring into that mixed trust. So it it increases trust. So when we are laughing, it increases trust. It increases, improves relationships. There was another article, uh, a 2019 article in Forbes, and again, I'm gonna I'm gonna read verbatim what what uh, one one paragraph there. Um, well, first one statement they said was that laughter and trust are intertwined at both a primitive and genetic levels. Uh, but um, here's the paragraph I wanted to read to you: laughter, for those reasons, is a physical signal of trust. You don't laugh with people who threaten your safety, just the opposite. You laugh with people you trust. Laughter can also be used to quickly create trust. The deeper the laugh, the greater the potential for trust will be. Okay, so this is not me saying it. These are smarter people than me saying that uh, well, in the second uh, quote, uh, that uh, laughter uh, is is the result of trust. But but really, what's more important is from both these sources that laughter, that that jokes, that funny uh, builds trust. So there is value to to being funny. There is value to being personal. Um, it builds trust. And again, this the topic of this episode is, is mostly humor, so I'm just going to say it. Uh, humor builds trust. But you got to be careful, because remember what I shared with you before. You know, I, I, I wasn't going to come back to it, but when Chris Rock said what he said, he was being funny in his mind. I mean, he kind of missed the mark on that, as he turned out. 
12 seconds later, but, but in the first 12 seconds, it looked like it was fine. And I'm, you know, I, I really didn't dig too deep into what happened afterwards and whether Will Smith's wife, Jada, uh, when she rolled her eyes, was it just, oh, I'm going to roll my eyes and, and that's it? Or was she really offended? I, I don't know. So I think I've established that the level of humor or, or sarcasm or, or being direct, but, but we'll stick, stick with humor, um, depends on the level of trust. So think about this as a chart, as a graph, uh, where the x-axis is, uh, the one in the bottom, is the level of trust that already exists. And the vertical one, the y-axis, is the level of humor that you can use. And then imagine this line that goes from the bottom left, no trust, no level of humor, don't use humor if there is no trust at all, and it goes up and to the right, so as trust goes up, there is more humor that we can accept from the other person. Now let's say that you're the other person. Stay under the line. If you stay under this line, uh, you're in the safe area. You're not going to hurt anybody's uh, relation. You're not going to hurt the relationship or trust or, or anybody's feelings. Uh, but you're not going to hurt trust if you stay under that line. If the level of humor is below the level of humor that's supported, the maximum level of humor that's supported by the existing level of trust. If Now, if you're above that line, now you're in a danger zone. Now you're becoming personal, emotionally, the other person becomes personal, emotionally, rational, uh, and it hurts trust. You know, when, when you hurt somebody else's feelings, when you cross that line uh, and, and you use a higher level of humor than the level of trust the other person has in you can support, um, then, then you cross the line and, and you got into the danger zone. Now, if you're below the line, so the level of humor is less than the maximum, I'm going to say, allowed by the level of trust the other person has in you. If you're below the line, the further you go below the line, so like less funny, if funny, if humor builds trust, the less you're going to build trust. You know, people would think of you as, uh, oh, this guy's not, or gal, is not funny at all. They're, they're all business. That's fine. You're not going to hurt trust, but you're not going to build as much trust. Whereas the closer you get to that line, you are funny. You know, you're getting close to the line, but you're not crossing it. You make me trust you. Paul Zak would say, uh, you release oxytocin in me. <coughs> and as a result, uh, I, I trust you more. So, the closer you get to the line, as long as you still are underneath it, uh, the more you're going to build trust. But uh, if we go above that line, I'll remind you that bad is much stronger than good. We respond much stronger to something bad that's happening than to something good. Uh, so if you're above the line, that distance has a significant bigger adverse impact on hurting trust. So this is, you cross the line, you use a level of humor that is not supported by the level of trust already existing between you and the other person, specifically the trust they have in you, will not support the, the joke that you just made. But the distance this time from the line would have a much bigger impact on reducing 
the level of trust that they have in you. Timing is everything. Steve Allen in 1957 said that tragedy plus time equals comedy. In other, in other words, what's tragedy today, what's tra tragedy, I can't say tragedy. Hopefully, I'm not going to be using that word much. Uh, when you add time to it, at some point, it just becomes funny. But it works. Uh, but sometimes, you know, when you're too close to the tragedy, it's not funny. And you need to keep that in mind. I remember when COVID started uh, in 2020, early 2020, uh, I made this joke, you know, that uh, we had the first case of Corona in our family. And I used that joke in... Uh, uh, in presentations, I said, uh, we just got the first case of Corona in our family. And then I would put a picture of a case of Corona beer. Well, that was funny at the beginning until people started dying from COVID, from the coronavirus. Not so funny a few months after that. So, uh, you know, in this case, uh, what was funny before is not funny now. Uh, and the something that you need to keep in mind is that line actually moves over time. You know, the, the graph that I told you about, uh, the level of humor that's supported by the level of trust that already existed uh, before you made the joke, that line can move over time. And, uh, you know, it, it went down uh, as we became more sensitive to certain things that are happening. I mean, just think about uh, George Floyd. Um the, the level of humor you could have about, uh, I, I don't know, related topics the day before than the day after. So this changes with time as well. Okay, let's bring this uh, to a close. Uh, so what did happen in the Oscars last year? I'm going to assume that Chris Rock and Will Smith were friends uh, before. Uh, I mean, I've, I've seen pictures of them together. I heard something about a 2016 incident. It wasn't a big one. So what happened there was that Rock, Chris Rock, estimated wrong where the line was. Because, And I'll tell you, I, you can see that why he mis misestimated or why he estimated it wrong because when he made the the joke the comment will smith was laughing so wouldn't you when you make a joke and the other person laughs wouldn't you assume oh i'm i'm good i was below the line maybe he was below the line at that point but will smith's wife jada didn't she didn't laugh Smith turns to her, he looks at her, he sees that she's not laughing. At that point, he realizes that actually this was below the line for him, but above the line for her. The level of trust between her and Chris Rock did not support that joke. And because of that, it did not support, the line had changed for Will Smith as well. And it became over the line for him way over the line for him to do what he did let me ask you what do you think would have happened if you know it was just the three of them uh sitting in their house and uh just the three of them nobody else shooting the the breeze and uh drinking beer and uh chris rock would say uh, hey 
you're going to be grading uh, G.I. Jane uh, 2. You know, maybe she's going to roll her eyes, but but nobody else is there. So there, there, there is a bunch of things that should have been considered, that Chris Rock should have considered to determine where the line is. What does that all mean for you? So first of all, I showed you, based on other people's research, that humor builds trust. So if you're, you decide, I'm not going to be funny at all, uh, just know that humor builds trust. But you need to know that there's a line. And the line says that the level of humor you can use with a person depends on the level of trust they already have in you. If you stay below it, you will build trust. The closer you are to the line, the faster you're going to build trust, the more trust you're going to build. The further away you go from that line, you're you're going to build trust, maybe not at all, but, but you're definitely not going to hurt it because you're below the line, the line of the level of humor you can use that's supported by the level of trust that already exists. Now, get above the line and you destroy trust. Trust much faster than building trust happens when you're below the line. And that's because bad is stronger than good. This line changes. There is no fixed line of the level of trust uh, versus uh, the level of humor. It changes with different people. Trust law number three, the trust is personal. Personality compatibility uh, this is personal. It's different between different people. Um, the level of trust that we already have in that relationship, because that changes over time. It changes with context. It changes with symmetry. So it changes with context. You know, I, I, I can accept that joke or the other person would accept your joke when it's just you and them, but they will not accept your joke when uh, there are other people that they don't trust with that level of vulnerability that you kind of forced upon them if the joke is on them. Not so much if if it's a self-deprecating joke, but but again, you know what? Uh, you got to be careful with that as well because you may be self-deprecating, but you may be pulling somebody else into that joke that shares the same attributes as the ones that you're making fun of, uh, but not everybody else. Which brings in the symmetry. Uh, are you similar or are you not? Uh, that line changes with time. You know, what's funny today uh, may not be funny tomorrow. And you know whose responsibility is to find where the line is? The person making the joke. If you're the person making the joke, you are responsible to know where the line is. If you're not sure where the line is, Assume that it is lower than where you think. Stay below it until you can sense that you're getting close to that line. But, you know, you have a lot more to lose and a lot faster if you go above the line and you use a level of humor that is not supported by the level of trust that the other person has in you. But I want to add one more last thing. There is also the responsibility of the listener. And, and I'll say something that I said many times. If I unintentionally said something that hurt your feelings, I made a joke, I, I made a joke at your expense, it hurt your feeling. It is still 100% your decision 
to take it personal, to become emotional, irrational, with absolutely nothing to win, uh, nothing to gain. I also say that, heck, even if I intentionally said something that hurt your feelings, uh, you still are in, um, it's still 100% your decision to take it personally, become emotional and irrational with absolutely nothing to gain. Now, I, I do want to, to pull back from that statement just a little, and that is the further we go from that line of what's acceptable by the other person, the more we force ourselves into the ego mode where we can't even control our reaction. So you got to be careful with that. But as we get closer to that line, uh, we can control our reaction. Bottom line, humor is good to build trust. But there is a line. Don't cross that line because then you destroy trust. What would you like to know about trust and trustworthiness? Let me know and I'll answer it in a future episode. I would love to hear from you. Email me at yoram at thetrustshow.com. If you like this episode, subscribe to the show so you will automatically get notified when I release a new episode. Rate it. Write a review for this podcast because those ratings help not only you, but also others looking for podcasts just like this. If you're looking for more resources to learn about how to build trust, be trusted, or know who to trust, look up my workshops, online courses, books, or go to my website, trusthabits.com. And remember that the answer to these two questions will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? And can you trust me? Thank you for listening or watching The Trust Show.